0: more to receive than maybe you're even asking for. Cause I've got so much more than you're even asking for. So much more. Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen says, He daily loads us. Say, I'm loaded with benefits. Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! I'm daily loaded with benefits. That means there is no limitation within me nor within you because you're loaded with benefits this is the Word of God now Psalm 103 it says that he will not forget all of his benefits let's go back he he daily loads us with benefits but then he says we that we shall not forget all of his benefits say all of his benefits he forgives us he heals us he redeems us he crowns us with loving kindness i'm just reading from psalm 103 he crowns us with loving kindness he sat he he satisfies our mouth with good things Hallelujah. He renews our youth uh, like the eagles. We're being renewed. You're you're literally being renewed because the word of God is being spoken with power and with the unction of the Holy Spirit. You're literally being renewed, which means that you look younger than you did years before. You're looking younger because God is renewing. I firmly believe this. How many of you understand that the word of God will literally renew your youth? That you will start looking younger even though you're getting older. Woohoo! Okay, for those that want to claim it, go ahead. I'm claiming it too. I'm cla- it's the word of God, church. You don't have to claim it. You can go ahead and claim what the world claims, that as you get old, you get sick, you get tired, you get weak, you get frail, you go on and on and on and on, right? You can claim that if you want. It's just not claiming the promises of God. You're partnering with the devil. But I didn't think I was preaching to anybody that was going to partner with the devil, at least not willingly or knowingly right he says I renew your youth And this is just one of the very many promises he says I renew your youth like the Eagles are you gonna receive that word because it's spiritual food it's spiritual Psalm 103 that's where we're just listing we're just reading what God has listed in this incredible song that he literally is renewing our youth like the Eagles you know he also executes justice for the oppressed he executes justice for those that are oppressed in any area that there is oppression. The king of glory is not just the king of glory in in one form and where we think, oh, we're going to worship him. He also is the ultimate judge and he will execute what he needs to execute. So therefore, those that are your enemies those that are wrongfully spitefully working against you and your families god says i will have the last word do you not know that yes Yes? and so he says here he executes justice for the oppressed are you following after it's just it's all in psalm 103 okay he executes justice for the oppressed merciful he's merciful he's gracious he's slow to anger promise of God is slow to anger. He removes our transgressions. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. That's how merciful our God is. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Do we fear him? Yes. Yes, we fear God. Yes, we do. We fear him. In other words, we respect and we are in awe of God. We have a reverential fear of God. And because we have a reverential fear of God, we know we don't refer to him as the man upstairs. We don't refer to him in terminology that is very dishonoring. He is, he is the Lord God Almighty. He is the creator, the maker of heaven and earth. He is the one that breathed into you and you became a living being. So we're not going to dishonor. The fear of God is having a holy reverential fear that we're going to approach a holy God in holiness. Because we are, we are called to be holy as well. Amen. So, so these promises that I'm, that I'm reading are for those who fear him. And it says, his righteousness is to his children's children. Come on. come on. For those of you that have children, come on. His righteousness is to his children's children. His righteousness. You're righteous because of Christ. It's Christ's righteousness in us. Okay? So his righteousness, because he is the righteous one, right? His righteousness is to his children's children so it continues it goes on one generation to the next shall praise him one generation your generation to the next generation shall praise the glorious King of Kings and the Lord of Lords amen so but you got to know this is a promise of yours and you got to speak it out before you see it when you know it and you speak it out before you see it you start to see the fruit of your reward you start to see the fruit of your words Amen? amen hallelujah Psalm 37 and 25 says, I've been young and now I'm old. But I have, he says, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. What a promise. That means, he's, I, that means he says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Who's the righteous? Shout glory. 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 I'm the righteousness of God. Okay. So since we know this, he says, I, the righteous shall not be forsaken nor shall his descendants be begging bread that means your children will not be begging bread that means God has not only provided for you but as you live holy unto God you better believe your children are going to be the recipients of this beautiful walk your children and your children's children are going to be the recipients of what God has promised and you came into agreement with and now it's not only yours it's theirs how many of you really believe this promise we absolutely, fully, completely believe this promise uh, that God has put something on the inside of you. And that seed, that hope that, that's cherished is going to literally multiply because, because his word says so. He, his word said so. You guys, we have to be people of the word. His word says so. And so it's going to, it's going to multiply. And it's not just for you. It's literally being reproduced. Glory to God. There's a story in Acts chapter three, talking about a lame man that was healed. Now he was crippled at birth. He was crippled at at birth, but he was healed through faith, not his. It wasn't his own faith that healed this man, but he still was healed through faith. Somebody else's just say somebody else's faith. You know, you might be a recipient of somebody else's faith. Maybe that's even how you got saved. Maybe you had a praying grandmother praying grandfather. Maybe you had somebody in your family that was praying for you day and night, night and day, and they were on their knees before the King of Kings. And their faith for you literally awakened you to the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this man, lame and crippled at birth, for 40 years, he was healed And he received perfect soundness. Look at verse 16. And then we're going to go back and we're going to read some of this. Look at verse 16. And his name, his name. Say it's the name of Jesus that we are referring to. The name of Jesus. Glory to God. Through faith in his name. Through faith in Jesus, that beautiful name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. Everyone saw. Everyone knew. He, he couldn't walk for 40 years. You better believe his ankles were weak. His legs were weak. You better believe he did not know how to walk. His, he never walked. It was It literally says here he was crippled at birth. So it wasn't that he couldn't remember. He never walked. He never walked. But yet God is the God. Of impossible situations becoming very, very possible, right? So he says here, this man, he he made him strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has, through him, through who? Jesus, through him. The faith that comes through Jesus has been given to this individual, this crippled one at birth. And it says, and perfect soundness in the presence of you all so he received perfect health he received wholeness say wholeness, wholeness. say I'm whole, in Jesus. I'm whole in Jesus I receive everything he has already given to me in his word in his word full of the promises of God let's start with verse 1 verse 1 of chapter 3 says now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer the hour of prayer you know they prayed three times a day at the hour of prayer, they're going up to pray. We see here that they routinely did what they knew was right to do. At the hour of prayer, they went up. And a certain man, a lame man, from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate. Who's our gate? But Jesus is the gate. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Amen. So they, they would literally carry this individual and lay him at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Stop right there. They laid him at the gate called Beautiful. But the Bible says that beautiful are the feet of those that bring the gospel. They laid him at the gate called beautiful, but God says, You are beautiful. Beautiful are the feet that bring the good news. When we bring forth the good news, God says, That's a beautiful thing. Where do they lay this lame man at the gate, the gate called beautiful? The gate where it's called beautiful, and beautiful is what's represented and and described for the feet that are bringing the gospel. So he literally was laid at the gate that the gospel was going to be preached at, and you better believe the gospel was preached, and you better believe he received it, even though he had no remembrance of what it would have been like to walk, because he never walked. Say he never walked. He never walked. This was from birth, and so He was going to receive a mighty, mighty miracle, not because he asked for it, but because he was in the right place at the right time. He was just in the right place at the right time. He was at the place where prayer was happening. He was at the temple, the gate called beautiful, where the gospel shoes of, you know, that, that God says those feet that are bringing the gospel are beautiful. Mm, they're beautiful. He was literally positioned in a, in a place where there was a gate. A gate allows some in and, and allows some out, right? It's an open door. It's, it's, it's sometimes a closed door, but it's an access. It's an entryway. He was placed right at a position where he could receive, and it had nothing to do with him. It had nothing to do with him. Do you know that so many times you come here for, for because you love this church, because you love Jesus, and you just want to receive what God is doing here, and you come without even an expectation to receive healing or something else, but God still touches you anyways, and God still heals you anyways. That's exactly what we are reading in this story, and it's incredible. We know because God knows what you need even before you ask. God already says, you know what? I already know what they're doing. I already know what I'm bringing them into, so I'm going to bless them beyond their wildest imaginations even when they don't even ask me now that doesn't mean you shouldn't ask because remember the word today we're to ask and we're to ask big right right we are to ask we are to ask big. but even when we don't even if we for whatever reason fail to ask we serve a loving father who knows your needs he knows what you need even before you even ask I love the fact that this man did not ask, but yet he received such a crucial, critical healing. You couldn't walk. 40 years, it's a long time to be okay with that. But that's what happens. You get used to it, it becomes familiar to you. And you don't even ask sometimes because it becomes familiar. Say that's the wrong kind of familiar. We don't want that kind of familiar. Mm -mm. So they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask for alms from those who entered the, te- the temple. His purpose there was to beg for money. His purpose there was just to beg. I mean, what else in 40 years could he have done? He's learned to beg. He probably was a good beggar too. He's learned to beg, right? And so he did what he was used to. And he probably in his heart was settled okay. Not on my watch, church. You're not going to be settled. We're not going to be settled with okay when God has incredible for you. We're not going to be settled with okay when God says, I have, I have incredible. I have over and above for you. Amen? Amen? No stagnant waters here. Glory to God. So he's here asking for alms. And then he sees Peter and John about to go into the temple. And he asked for alms. He didn't know what they carried, or at least the devil was keeping him from knowing what they carried at that moment. Do you know what your neighbor carries? Because maybe you're to be receiving something, but you can't see what they carry, and therefore you don't receive. Do you know what you carry? Because you're to give out what God has poured in but you can't necessarily give out what's been poured in if you don't identify and recognize and give value to and give place to what God has put in you. You're soldiers in the faith. You walk in the high calling of God. And just like I tell the little ones, there's no junior Holy Spirit. The same is true for you. There's no junior Holy Spirit. So he's asking for alms. He sees Peter and John about to go into the temple. And he asked for alms. And verse 4, fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. See, we have to know how to pray, how to, we have to know what, and we do by the spirit of the living God, we have to know what is necessary, what God is doing right now, and not necessarily what they think they need. He didn't think he needed anything other than alms. He didn't think he needed what was present. He didn't realize He didn't put two and two together. He got used to his condition. Whatever his reasoning was, the truth of it is, is there was more to receive than he was willing to even ask for. Do not let that be you. There is more to receive than maybe you're even asking for. Thank God Peter had eyes to see. He looked at him. And he saw the need that was not presently being spoken of. He saw the need that was not verbalized. He saw something greater in him, which is God's provision. Let everyone under the sound of my voice be activated in seeing that which is greater than what is being presented to you right now. That you have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears to literally know Whether you hear it, whether you see it, whether you discern it, but you know something greater is being offered here and you're not even asking. But I see, for the eyes of the Lord have been opened and you will rise up. That's what you're gonna say, that's what you're gonna hear, that's what you're gonna do. Why? Because you're not natural, you're supernatural. We are supernatural. We've been called by God to walk as supernatural beings. So we're not supposed to walk looking at things the way the world looks at things. We are not supposed to evaluate and judge based on worldly standards. We have literally been born anew. We've been born from above. We've been born from above. The Spirit of God has rebirthed you. And because you've been rebirthed, You carry the DNA, you carry the power, you carry the miracle-working power of Jesus Christ in you. Glory to God. And so he says here, fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. Wise move. Because some people won't even look even when you tell them to look. Look at me, look at me, look at me, and they won't. Look at me, look at me, and they won't. I'm sure you've, and you know that's a demon. Hmm, they don't want to look at you. Why does that demon not want to look at you? Because it knows that if you start looking at it, you're going to see what the natural eye can't see, and you're going to start casting things out, and they want to hide. Demons want to hide. That's why you need to say, look at me. Look at me. Open your eyes and look at me. And when you see with spiritual eyes, when you see with spiritual eyes and hear with spiritual ears, you are then going to speak with your spiritual understanding, the tongue of the Lord, the wisdom of God, and cast those things out that are not supposed to be there in the first place. All he said was, look at me. Oh, no. He didn't just say, look at me. There was a whole understanding that was behind that and we are to do the same so fixing his eyes on jesus with john peter said look at us and so he gave him this he gave him his attention expecting to receive something from him he was still missing it he, he was expecting to receive something from them but he was expecting the wrong thing oh he was expecting but he was still expecting alms He was still expecting just a little payout. He was still expecting just a drink of water. When God says, I'm going to give you the fountain of life, he was still just expecting a little meal. When God says, I've set the whole banqueting table, what are you talking about a little meal? I've given you food you don't even know of. I've given you food you haven't even asked for. I've given you food for life. And you're sitting here asking me for a piece of bread, for a crumb? I've given you far more. And so, you know, he looks with the, the wrong kind of expectation. But don't you love that God still used it anyway? He didn't go, oh, forget it. Forget it. This, this man has been lame for 40 years. And here, you know, you know they've seen people get healed. You know they, this is not the first healing that, that, that they have heard of and seen. You know they, they, by now he should be activated to expect more. You know what? Forget it. I'm moving on to somebody else because this lame man just doesn't get it. I'm going to move on to somebody else that has more faith. Don't you love the fact that God is tenacious after us? Don't you love the fact that he doesn't quit? He is, he is he's tenacious. His loving kindness, his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting, right? Amen. Thank you, Father. Here In verse 6, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. In other words, I know what you're needing. I know what you're asking. I can see with your eyes. I know exactly what you're asking for. But he says, silver and gold I do not have. He says, "But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk." He says, "I'm not going to give you what you think you want, or even what you're asking. I'm going to give you something far better. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk." He didn't say, "I believe you're going to be healed in a few days, in a few hours." He didn't say, "You know, I know you never walked, and I know your ankles are probably this. They've never, they've never experienced this before." He said, "Get up and walk." He. It, get up and walk God wants to use you with the get up and walk type of faith he wants to use you with the get up and walk it is time to get up and walk and it's not just for yourself it's for others that God brings into your path into your line into your atmosphere into your area of influence get up and walk you can't preach that to somebody unless you've preached to your to yourself first so you need to just tell yourself self get up and walk self It's time to get up and see the potential instead of looking at the limitations. He was looking at the limitations. But God says, I've got so much more than you're even asking for. So much more. It's time to ask for the more. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. I believe that applies to everybody. I believe that applies to everybody. Asking for more. God would not have given me that word that there are some that are not asking big enough if it didn't apply to quite a few. He didn't just say, get up and walk. He didn't literally just say that and just turn around and, I hope he did it. I hope he does it. His faith carried through. Your faith needs to carry through. He takes him by the right hand. He says, okay, now let's demonstrate what you just received and what I just spoke. He takes him by the right hand and he lifts him up. Literally lifts him up. Immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. 40 years of an inability to walk, but immediately ankles, bones, legs, joints receive strength. That is not natural, guys. Amen. That is not normal, guys. That is not the way it works normally. But we don't walk normally we walk supernaturally we walk with an anointing we walk with God's divine power on the inside of us what are you not asking for that God is quickening in your spirit man right now to start asking for that's the question and that's what I want you to start asking him where have I limited you because I got used to my 40-year condition where have I got used to? It's okay because literally this has never happened in my life. My, grand, my grandparents never walked in this anointing. My parents never walked in this anointing. Why would I expect to walk in this anointing? Because the God of glory, the King of glory is here and he's called you and he says, will you be the forerunner? Will you receive, will you open up your understanding, your heart to receive the fullness of what I have for you? And the answer church is yes, amen. Come on, shout out that amen like you really mean it. Like you really mean it. Hallelujah. Well, this man, remember, he wasn't even asking. He wasn't even looking. He was content. They're going to put him there by that gate called beautiful, and he's just going to ask for alms. And look at what happened. What a glorious day. This is a day of turnaround for him. This is a day of complete change, complete change. Not only does he pick him up by the right hand, not only does immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength, He gets up. He starts to leap. He stands up. He starts to walk. He enters the temple with them. He walks, he leaps, and he praises God. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't ashamed. He wasn't, oh, I don't want to seem too undignified. I don't want to see, I don't want to think, I don't want people to think it's all about me. He knew it's about Jesus. He knew he was gonna give glory to, to the King of glory. He knew, and so he's he gets up, he praises, he shouts, he is leaping, he is dancing. We're not even talking about just walking. Yeah. We're, if you're leaping and you're dancing, you're putting a whole lot of pressure on that joint. Yeah. Naturally, that should never happen. Naturally, you probably should fall down because your muscles and your bones, everything needs to kind of grow and heal and become... Stronger. No, this is a supernatural situation because it's a supernatural God. Stop putting limits on our Heavenly Father. That's the point here. Stop putting limits. We put limits, and then we wonder why God is not answering. Stop putting limits. God doesn't put the limits. This man didn't even ask for this, but yet he got it anyway. This man was asking for, he was literally asking for alms, but God set him up with the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost-filled individual. God set him up with someone that had eyes to see. Will you be that someone for somebody else? Look at verse 12. Because you know everybody saw it, everyone that was there, they all saw this miracle. So when Peter saw it, he responded, Well, you know, you, you've got all these people, you know, they're and you know they're not okay with what just happened. Okay. Peter responds, Men of Israel, why do you marvel? Why are you in shock? Why are you why are you shocked at the goodness of God? Or why look so intently at us, as though by our own power or our own godliness we made this man walk? Uh, He is saying here, it's not our power. It is the power of God in us. It is not your power. It is the power of God in you. Always keep that right. Always keep that straight. It is the power of a yielded vessel that is filled with the power of God's anointing. He's saying here, you denied the Holy One. Look at verse 14. You denied the Holy One and just, and the just, and you ask for a murderer to be granted to you. He's saying, you don't understand this power. You don't understand this power, and you didn't understand it when he walked on earth either. And so verse 15, he says, you killed the author of life. You killed the prince of life, the author of life, the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are now witnessing. You want to know what you're witnessing? You're witnessing the power of the one you killed. And so, verse 16, he says, and his name. And we started with this verse, and we're going to end with this verse. And his name, through faith in his name, have faith in God. Have faith in that beautiful name, the name of Jesus. And faith in his name, he says, has made this man strong. You want to know what made this man strong? Faith in that beautiful name. It says, whom you see and whom you know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him Perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Wholeness. Perfect soundness. Health. Complete. No, nothing lacking and nothing missing. This is what this man that was formerly the lame man from birth now received. So no longer is he identified as a lame man. He is now identified as one that has received the gift of life. Complete healing, restored and renewed.